0: Hey y'all, welcome to Ain't No Such Thing, where we tell original southern horror stories. My name is Amanda, and this week I'm joined by Kevin Laporte.
1: Thank you for joining us.
0: And Jessica Hines. Hey guys. And we're going to be discussing the origin of the urban legend, Bloody Mary.
1: So Jess, tell us a little bit about that legend.
2: Well, Wikipedia likes to tell us it's a Bloody Mary is a folklore legend consisting of a ghost, phantom, or spirit conjured to reveal the future. She is said to appear in a mirror when her name is chanted repeatedly. Now, the Bloody Mary apparition may be nice, it may be mean, it just kind of depends on the historic variations of the legend. So Snopes goes on to say that research into Bloody Mary can go back all the way to 1978, but honestly... You know, the, the trace of the origins can come from centuries
1: earlier. Well, it at least goes back to the 1970s. I remember Bloody Mary stories as a kid. when, And that's when I was a kid in the 1970s, and early 1980s, where I grew up. We not only talked about Bloody Mary and these types of rituals, but also a similar type of creature called Bloody Bones. Some in the same way, sort of the same consequences, but not necessarily strictly female, uh, but definitely stranger than Bloody Mary. Maybe we'll tackle Bloody Bones one day. Have you guys ever attempted the Bloody Mary ritual?
2: <laughs> I was too afraid. Um, I remember being at my babysitter's and I don't know, I might have been 10 years old or so, but um, somebody dared me to go in the bathroom. We were in the basement. And he's like, you know, you have to turn off the lights and shut the door. And uh, I went to do it and then I chickened out. <laughs> what about you, Amanda?
0: Oh, I went to Catholic school. You know, I did it. I remember I was in the second grade and I some of the uh, the older girls, they were teasing the younger set, like second, third graders, saying, oh, you won't go do the Bloody Mary ritual or anything like that. You won't go in the, the bathroom and do that. And, of course, we decided, well, we're brave. We're going to go do that. And so we went into the, the girls' restroom, and they were just giving us so much grief. We shut the lights off. We had to turn our back to the mirror and chant, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. I'm going to call her right here, y'all. But uh, we got the last laugh on them.
1: We do not record this podcast in a bathroom. (laughs) With the lights off. Well, not this week anyway.
0: Just to to be fully informed while I was sitting here at the table and other people were away, I'm looking at the the reflective surface and chanting it. So, you know, if, if something happens to us in this podcast, it was me. I did it. I call Candyman too. All but, her fault. <laughs> but we get to the uh, the climax of the ritual. It's so dense and scary because it's dark in the bathroom, and someone uh, left and locked the door, and so there were a lot of screams. And <laughs> was, left and locked the door. I won't say it was me, but it was me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you are the bad guy in this scenario. I was Mary. <laughs> Was anybody injured? Was there actually a vision of Bloody Mary? Oh no. No? No, no. real manifestation scenario.
0: We got, you know, a bunch of skeptics doing this. It's it's so fun to do though. Then because the anticipation and the energy in the room when you do that sort of thing, it's so fun. You get an adrenaline boost from it.
1: And that's the really interesting thing when you look into the Bloody Mary myth, is that it's basically amateur sorcerers from suburban neighborhoods from middle-class bedrooms trying to summon a demon or a ghost or a dead witch or however you want to term it there's so many different variations on the story that they could be summoning anything but when what it boils down to is spell casting specifically a type of summoning magic called evocation what? Evocation. E-V-O-C-A-T-I-O-N. <laughs> and I don't just pull that from playing Dungeons and Dragons. That's a, a yeah, real term do. used in magic related <laughs> totally to summoning D&D. supernatural creatures. Spirits, demons, ghosts, etc. And it's as legitimate as any other type of su- supernatural, superstitious uh, activities. Seances, palm reading, tarot reading, all those sorts of things.
0: Well, Kevin, how can I make evocation work for me on a regular basis?
1: Well, I'll try to tell you. Even though you've participated, if you participated in a Bloody Mary ritual, then you have participated in an evocation.
0: But it didn't work for me. It was just the practical locking a door that made well, the uh, There the are results a couple of things so to consider
1: there. One, is magic real? <laughs> and two, if it is real, did you do it right? <laughs> Harry
2: Potter fan here. Yes, it is.
1: Waving a wand is not enough. (laughs) Let me give you the three necessary components of a spell. Okay. Pulled this from a number of sources, uh, and one of those was Dungeons & Dragons. (laughs) (laughs) But also in terms of people that believe in practicing magic, things you have to have are a material or a magical focus. So, you know, wing of a bat, eye of a newt, mirror on the wall. A mirror on the wall is a magical focus. Materials are your ingredients and potions, things like that. You have to have a verbal component, which is your chanting, your spell, your abracadabra, those sorts of things. You have to have a somatic component. So waving a wand, with the wand being the magical focus, with any sort of gestural uh, types of waving of the hands. Uh, Doctor Strange from (laughs) the Marvel Universe uses a lot of gestural... Somatics to cast spells so if we break down the evocation ritual that is the bloody mary myth your magical focus is a mirror your verbal aspect of the spell is the chant bloody mary bloody mary some of them include other really bizarre statements bloody mary i killed your baby which is just horrible what are you threatening bur- bloody Why? mary
2: and
1: did you did you really kill a baby? Because and that's false magic. I need to know
2: that story.
0: <laughs> but what in hell are you trying to do? What result do you hope to achieve in doing that? In to provoking? summon
1: Bloody Mary.
0: <laughs> but she's going to kill your ass.
1: Maybe. There are actually lots of things that she's supposed to do. And we'll talk about that.
0: Oh, okay.
1: The somatic aspect of the Bloody Mary ritual... Varies widely depending on the type of spell that is trying to cast, the type of Bloody Mary aspect that you're trying to conjure. It could be turning in circles. You mentioned when you did it, you faced away from the mirror and did the chant. Some people look at the mirror but not at themselves in the mirror. Are they focused through their reflection? They turn in circles in a particular direction, clockwise, counterclockwise. So there are those three components to any spell, and they're all there for the Bloody Mary evocation and let's talk a little bit about the long history of using mirrors and crystal balls and reflective surfaces even pools of water in magic and in summoning supernatural entities there's a name for that particular type of magic using mirrors and crystal balls and reflective surfaces it's called catoptromancy
0: that's one of them 25 cent words
1: <laughs> it is its but it's, it makes sense to have a special word for that. We see this all over pop culture and all types of magical representations from Snow White, the, the Wicked Queen, had the mirror mirror on the wall. We see it in all types of stories like that. And we'll talk a little bit about, about some more of those before we finish up today. But in the Bloody Mary myth, the mirror is our summoning tool.
2: It's interesting, you know, with mirrors, I've read into stuff and people thought a mirror could be a portal between our world and the spirit world. The past history, I know I read that people would cover mirrors in a home when a death occurred, at least until the burial, just because they were worried that the ghost of that person would end up in the mirror and be trapped.
1: And the irony is that in the Bloody Mary ritual, They're trying to get that evil creature to come through the portal. It's the same principle. And those funeral types of rituals, they're trying to block the evil spirits. And this one, we're like, hey, come on in and murder us all. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about what happens or what's alleged to happen when Bloody Mary does manifest. When they do succeed at the ritual, when they have the right mirror, when they have the right chant, when they do the somatics the right way. When they turn in the right direction, (laughs) gesture at the mirror just the right way, and Bloody Mary actually appears. Of course, the most prominent feature when Bloody Mary appears is blood from her forehead or from her mouth, sometimes from a slashed throat most commonly. We'll talk about why this poor, evil creature is bleeding all the time when we look at the origins of this story. But when she appears, obviously bleeding Traumatic injuries. It's horrifying. It's scary. She appears cursing, screaming, maybe pulling the summoner into the mirror to be never be seen again, to scratch out the summoner's eyes, to perhaps steal their soul, to strangle them, to drink their blood because all of hers is spilling out of her face. Could be any of those things.
2: I read something about if you say Hail Mary. Seven times, or maybe it was thirteen times. It's always the times. Not hail
1: Mary, H A I L, but H E L L is what you're saying. Yes, hail Mary. Sorry,
2: that's a southern
0: accent. Oh, I've (laughs) never heard that one before. But But uh, Satan appears. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Yeah,
2: not just the bloody Mary. (laughs)
1: Just say That's a worst case scenario.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hey (laughs) y'all. The one that
0: uh, when when I performed the ritual. We, we said she'd, she'd scratch your eyes out and that she held knives that didn't have handles so her hands were bleeding.
1: Uh, that's one rough bitch. That's,
0: one that's cold, just me on a bad bitch.
1: day,
2: y'all. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Dang, oh.
1: But that brings up an interesting point about the spell casting aspect. If this has been going on for centuries, if different people, mostly young girls, have been trying this spell for centuries, why has no one informed them? Why has no mage arcane master sorceress local witch just mean woman informed them that they need a protection aspect to the spell so that when the witch the demon the haunt satan that is bloody mary appears that she can't hurt them a simple circle of protection i mean we get this in constantine movies from dc comics (laughs) but apparently it's a real thing in people who practice magic and wicca and so forth just a circle of salt or chalk, perhaps with candles at the polar points of the circle, will keep them out and you protected. But no, instead they summon Bloody Mary. She can scratch their eyes out, drink their blood, steal their soul, pull them to hell. And they're like, okay, this is fun.
0: They need to be playing more D&D and then they know better.
1: They really should know better. <laughs> As you dig into the Bloody Mary stories the rituals, the different ways that the rituals are performed, and the different manifestations, the anecdotes about what happens when Bloody Mary appears, you quickly realize that they're all different versions of what shows up in that mirror for the people that end up seeing Bloody Mary. And you wonder, who the hell is Bloody Mary? Where does this person come from? Why is she so angry? And who was cursed to begin with? And there's no single answer. The answers are all over the place, from all over the world, from all over the world of supernatural interest. Jess, what you find out?
2: So researching this was actually a really fun time for me. I really enjoy history. So to just dive in, you know, we've got your Mary Tudor, the daughter of Henry VIII, who killed a lot of people, a lot of Protestants, because she was coming into Catholicism. You've also got Mary Etsy, or Mary Worth, who is one of the witches that was hanged during the Salem Witch Trials. Now, my absolute favorite one to research, guys, and I probably shouldn't admit that she was my favorite, (laughs) was Elizabeth Bathory. She was a Hungarian countess that was a notorious serial killer in the late 1500s and early 1600s and was known for torturing and killing young virgin girls and bathing in their
1: blood. Did you say bathing in their blood?
2: Bathing, i.e. Bloody man.
1: So this isn't a metaphor? No. Not sensationalism? No. Wow.
2: She was the evil Sephora. (laughs) Correct. Now, let me say that this countess didn't necessarily start out as a terrifying serial killer. She was fluent in three languages and have it known that the ruling king or prince at the time didn't even know how to write. So she was pretty doing well. Let's just say that. At 5 years old though she did actually have quite a few seizures and they thought maybe, you know, towards the end maybe this was causing her stuff, but come on guys, there's a lot of people that have seizures and they don't bathe in people's blood, so if you know what I mean.
1: We'd all be in trouble if that were not <laughs> <Real>. true. <laughs>
2: she was married at 15 to Count Ference and he spent most of his time away. And it was noted that around this time was perhaps when the Countess started torturing young girls. However, this torturing actually stepped up a lot when her husband died in the 1600s, um, early 1600 to be exact, and the Countess began to age she first began praying on serving girls around the ages of 10 to 14. Then girls sent to her by families to learn etiquette. Yes, guys, to learn etiquette.
1: May I please bathe in your blood, <laughs> 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 madam?
2: So she and some servants were actually held responsible for abductions, tortures, and some even suspected cannibalism.
1: I mean, what's the difference after you're bathing in someone's blood (laughs) if you eat the flesh? You're just being wasteful if you don't eat the flesh at that point. Let's just be honest about it.
2: Goulash is goulash. In 1610, it was ruled with an abundant amount of witnesses that she had been involved in over 600 deaths. Some say even more. She is rumored to have written the names of the tortured souls in a diary. However, no such evidence has actually been recovered, so this could just be legend. While there was a trial, the Countess refused to plead guilty or innocent and was never forced to appear at trial. Obviously, with 300 witnesses and physical evidence, she was charged as guilty. But guys, since she was a noblewoman, they could not execute her. So, where do you think they considered to send her? To a nunnery with young girls. Tim's good eating. No! <laughs> <laughs> they eventually <laughs> decided not to do that and lock her up in a castle, ultimately, dying four years later, possibly by suicide.
0: Hooray!
2: <laughs> now, her name was forbidden. Um, in Hungarian society long after her reign of terror. But I do find it very ironic that now, even centuries later, the people are trying to be her victims by trying to bring her back. Bloody Mary.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy that anyone would want to summon such a creature, such a monster that did these things. But I think one way to think about it is that most of the time, as, as Amanda did, she tried to victimize somebody else by having them summon the demon and she locked the door on them.
0: <laughs> they were not very nice.
1: <laughs> well, their, their blood deserved to be bathed in. I get it.
0: <laughs> well, the, the ritual of summoning, it's sort of a rite of passage among young girls, and it's, it's not just here because there are other variations on the Bloody Mary legend And um, one that I looked over as I was doing a little research is from Japan. And that is the urban legend of Hanako-san. Hanako of the toilet because she hangs out in the bathroom. (laughs) Poor Hanako.
2: Although I spent a lot of time in the bathroom growing up. I mean, come on. Everybody does.
0: It's a girl thing. It is. Especially, you know, little prepubescent girls that are... It's a hangout. Yeah. Hanako-san haunts the third floor and third stall of elementary school bathrooms in Japan. And the ritual goes, you go into the bathroom, and you walk to the third stall from the end. You knock three times and ask, Hanaka-san, are you there? To which she'll respond, yes, I am. And if you open the stall, she'll drag
2: you to hell, through the toilet. Through the toilet. And
1: she seems so nice to respond, yes, I'm here.
2: Reminds me of Harry Potter going through the toilet, but that wasn't hell.
0: The uh, the Moaning Myrtle uh, story ah, plays yes! into this. <laughs> and um, that's the only reason that I know who Moaning Myrtle is, because, you know, I'm not a Harry Potter Boo. pothead. <laughs> um, but there were so many variations on this legend. But the two most prevalent um, are that she'll appear as a, a young girl with a dark black bob cut and dark eyes wearing red and white. And the other is that she's a three-headed lizard that will eat you.
1: Those are pretty much interchangeable.
0: Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, why do you want to summon poor Hanako-san? Some say that she'll protect you if you're bullied, but most of them say she's going to kill you.
1: Well, they're not going to find you in the toilet if they're coming to bully you, so it's a good hiding place. Might be. Yeah, it's really fascinating how this story crosses cultures, crosses decades, even centuries between girls of that age from 12 to 15, maybe a little younger, maybe a little older. And it's really interesting to look at the forms that Bloody Mary is supposed to take and the various origins that are attributed to to Bloody Mary. It's always someone who's been victimized. Specifically, a woman who's been victimized. And we saw this when we were looking at the Crybaby Bridge myth last week. It's someone who was wrongly accused as a witch, who was murdered or raped, or who, God forbid, birthed an illegitimate child. Those are the common themes in the Bloody Mary origin stories. It's always a woman who's seeking revenge because she was wronged in some way by society
0: it's often used as a a form of of hazing like in my school Those the the bigger girls they were trying to prey upon the smaller girls and make them scared and embarrass them we you know we got got them in the end that time it preys upon a lot of vulnerabilities and fears
1: and if you look at a lot of the anecdotal accounts these quote-unquote real life accounts of bloody mary and there really aren't any none of them are verifiable right they're all secondhand, they all sound kind of the same, but the common theme is hazing. It's a new girl to town that the girls that have lived there forever don't like, they're going to scare her, make her go away. She ends up with scars on her arms that she didn't have before, or a scar on her forehead she didn't have before, or it's, you know, in the Japanese myth, it's very similar in terms of the hazing.
0: Yeah, it's supposed to leave them with trauma. And, and I suppose that some of them would be really frightened because there are real-life phenomena that do play into the scare that you can get from the Bloody Mary ritual. And uh, one that I read up on was Strange Face Illusion. And in that, if you look into a mirror long enough in a dim light, you start to see a stranger's face. Uh, it's true. I've done this before. And it's really freaky. But um, that can be pretty disconcerting and scary.
1: And you can relate that back to many sorts of sensory and physiological phenomena from eye fatigue to nerve fatigue to uh, a fading effect that I read about in researching this in which the point that you're looking at in the dark, if it's the only light, it may disappear if you look at it long enough. So portions of the face that you're seeing in the mirror, which is your face, may disappear and cause you to see something that's only partial that makes it look spectral or ghostly and that can be terrifying when your senses start to betray you it feels like something else is happening your brain tries to fill in that gap of irrationality and it does so because you're already predisposed to think that this bleeding crazed woman is going to come out of the mirror and drag you inside never to be seen again
0: You're amped up.
1: And that's what you're going to see if you're freaked out and your senses are going nuts on you. And we mentioned this before, but the Bloody Mary stories certainly aren't the only ones where a mirror is the pivotal piece to the scare. Take one of our favorite movies, Clive Barker's 1992 masterpiece. Thank you, Tony Todd. Candyman, where you have to look in a mirror and say Candyman's name and he will appear.
0: Still probably my favorite horror movie.
1: And he's not bloody Mary, people. When he comes, he arrives in full three D form, hook on stump, ready to make you his victim. He be my
2: victim. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We've seen it in the Insidious movies, where mirror is the gateway to the further, which is this ghost realm that they enter, and that is the portal to them, this family being victimized.
0: I don't want that in my house.
1: It makes you want to take all the mirrors out of your house, honestly.
0: I'm a little freaked out right now. I'm just going to keep my phone and feel lucky. I'm
2: just going to keep using that iPhone camera.
1: There was not even an episode of The X-Files that featured the Bloody Mary ritual. It was the episode called Syzygy. Syzygy is a word that means alignment of the planets.
2: Didn't you say Ryan Reynolds was in that one?
1: Ryan Reynolds was in this movie (laughs) as a teenager. It was really, you know, a lot of people got their starts in X-Files episodes back in the 90s, and Ryan Reynolds was one. He was in that episode, and there was a Bloody Mary ritual in which the mirror exploded, and the glass killed the girl that the bullying girls had locked in the bathroom to summon Bloody Mary. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't think Bloody Mary actually showed up. Maybe that wasn't in the budget. But but there was enough for a shattering glass sound effect and then a scream off-camera. So those are just a few. Compared to Crabby Bridge, Bloody Mary shows up in a lot of movies and TV. Certainly the 1998 movie Urban Legend had to have a Bloody Mary story. It wouldn't even qualify as an urban legend movie. And then you can go back to things like Snow White and even Fantasy, Lord of the Rings, The Mirror of Galadriel was certainly a portal that brought its own horrors.
0: Well, so while it might be true that Bloody Mary is the big bad mama of urban legends... I'm going to go on record saying there ain't no such thing. Too many, it didn't happen, or I just got freaked out. So don't believe it. How do you guys feel after doing all that research?
1: Culturally, it's fascinating that something would reach so far through so many different populations across the entire planet. And I think what we were talking about will definitely represented some of the reasons that it goes so far. Gets into so many heads, into so many teenage girls' bedrooms and bathrooms. But at the end of the day, I don't believe in any of these things. (laughs) This is one of them as well. Doesn't make it any less interesting, doesn't make it any less fun to talk about or tell stories about.
2: We want to be scared. Yeah, I just am glad that I didn't live in the 1500s in Hungarian society that
0: crazy battery bitch she'd have she'd have gotten all
2: of us
1: not me
0: oh, you do have luxurious wavy hair so she probably would have come after you he's pretty well our next episode is going to feature a reflection-based horror story by our very own jessica whoop we hope you enjoyed this one and so be sure to like us, subscribe to us. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and all the major podcasting platforms. We also would love for you to join our Facebook group. It's facebook.com slash groups slash no such thing. We're an active little horror group. We, we like to talk about scary things. We play some games. Join us and have some fun. And we'll see you next time, right? Right. See you guys.
1: Have a great weekend.
0: Bloody Mary. Oh, you stop it.